You're very welcome along. It's the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio. It's uh, the Saturday in advance of Easter. I always get this wrong, Porik. It's Holy Saturday rather than Easter Saturday. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I always get it wrong, so I'm going to have to check myself. Good morning to you. How are things? Good morning. It's a nice dry Saturday, that's the most important thing. Isn't it a fabulous? I mean, we've been so... Yesterday, I, I had to stay inside because I was doing a bit of studying, but it was breaking my heart to be looking out and yeah. the sun was just glorious. Wasn't it beautiful? Yeah, and everything fantastic. has dried up so well, so well. I mean, you know, it's amazing how, how within the last two weeks with the easterly wind and the dry weather, just everywhere is drying up brilliantly and everything is coming into growth, which is the good news, and into flower. Yeah, so I will great. say I went out and had a quick little... I did have a, a kind of a 10 minute out around the garden yesterday Today and I was yeah. looking at the laurels, the famous <laughs> yeah. laurels, and yes, there you can see, see all the, the bit of growth is starting to shoot through now, which yeah. is brilliant. Have you fed them? I have fed them. Oh yeah, well, yes, there you go. yeah, That's yeah. Good. I gave them a bit of Pro Six. They're very good. Very yeah. good. Well, that's exactly it. And you're going to see the growth now coming. Because there's a few it, it, yellow leaves. So I've, well, that's it. I've the, removed those. Are, should we no remove harm. them or leave them where they well, are? No, well, they'd have, they'd have probably come back green again, but taking off the odd leaf is no problem at all. But, the, but feeding them now is very important. And, and you know, I was saying this last week that growth has been relatively slow up to the last uh, 10 days, the last probably five days, really. But now you can really see it. And particularly, you know, with the temperatures we're going to get through Sunday and Monday, uh, you're going to see a lot of significant growth coming on plants at the moment, so which is great. Right, so so we can expect that to kind of would it come through very quickly then? Yeah, you get a, a bur- you get a burst of growth, yeah. and it's also a great time for you know for people sowing say seed at this time of year. The temperatures are just ideal. Mm. Now, if you're thinking about say putting in a new lawn in the garden, or you wanted to sow your carrots or parsnips or turnips or swades or radishes or whatever it may be from a seed, this is really the sort of weather we're, we're, we've been waiting for. The temperatures, the soil temperatures are just right now at the moment and the moisture content is just right at the moment as well. So putting in seeds, you're going to get fairly rapid germination certainly within 10 days, two weeks, you'll see lots of, you'll see lots of the weeds. Yes, okay, yeah. Right, so that's a a sure (laughs) Sure. indication that the soil temperatures are just perfect for sowing seed uh, because things like carrots and parsnips and vegetables in general can be very heat sensitive. They need that a, a continuous kind of couple of days of warm weather to get the the uh, the seeds to germinate. Great stuff. So talking, now, you, yeah, go you, on. you've had a, you, you've got a busy weekend on. Of I've course, a, I know it is Easter and everything, but that doesn't uh, no, stop you guys by any yeah, means. Yeah, no, it's been great and it's been very busy all week. But this today, I think I mentioned it last week. Today we've got a free garden clinic in the garden centre in Turlock and Castlebar from eleven o'clock till five. So it's a free day. It's a garden clinic. So I'll be there. Peter will be there. Maria will be there. And Michal will be there. Give Giving, quest, giving answers to and advice to people on any garden related issue. So if people want advice on maybe putting trees in the garden or putting a new hedge or how to sow a lawn or if you've got problems in the garden you want to prune back shrubs and you're not quite sure then today is a good day to drop in any time between 11 o'clock and 5. Right. Uh, no need to make an appointment, just drop in. Four of us will be there available and uh, we'll give advice to people on any, any garden related. So if you're you know, if there's anything in particular, if you want some advice, maybe a new shrub bed or climbers to put on a wall or that gardening question that you're, that's been irking you yeah. for the last couple of weeks and you want it solved, then pop in this weekend. I'll be there all day and the team will be with me. Um, we're right down in the advice centre, which is right down close to the um, the restaurant area in Turlock. So that's today and that'll run through from 11 to 5. And you, there was the animal farm. How, how's that Egyptian that's gone, hedgehog going doing? Going great. Cosmo. Cosmo. Cosmo is the name of the Egyptian hedgehog. <laughs> 
absolutely loads of people in right through last weekend. All the kids, of course, are in during the week. So there's pygmy goats, there's baby lambs, baby bunny rabbits, uh, oh. lots to see in, in the pet farm. So again, that's again just off the restaurant. So again, if you're knocking around over the next couple of days, you want somewhere for the kids to bring the kids in, come down to Turlock uh, because that's a free event as well. And we also, we twinned that with a, a little educational area where we're teaching people to sow seeds. So for example, pumpkins. This is the time of year to sow pumpkin seed. Okay, even great. though I know Halloween seems like a million years like, away. Exactly, yet, but. but isn't that nature working to its best? This is the time of year where you actually sow pumpkin seeds both indoors and out of doors. So if the kids want to learn how to grow pumpkin seed or plants in general from seed, then pop down to the garden centre. We have an area just off the restaurant there. They can see all the pet animals, but they can also learn a little bit about gardening as well. Next Wednesday night, the 23rd, from 7 to 9, again, we have a... I'm doing a demo in Turlock, so it's one of our customer nights. Um, so that's next Wednesday, the 23rd, from 7 o'clock to 9. And are you featuring anything in particular at your demo? I'm, I'm actually going to be talking about cottage garden plants in particular. Which this are is hugely t- popular. And the, this is the time of year to plant them. So I'm going to, that's going to be my talk for the night. I'm going to present on cottage garden plants, the type of plants that certainly would be associated with many years ago, you know, with delphiniums and lupins. And older people would remember the cottage garden flowering plants. So I'm going to feature those, talk about how to grow them, show some of the best varieties. Peter's going to cover um, some baskets, window boxes, because we're coming into that time of, of course, year yeah. for sowing those. So we're going to do a demo on that as well. And the rest of the team will be there to talk about, you know, if people have questions, say, on lawns or whatever. So that's, again, a free customer night this Wednesday, the 23rd, 7 to 9pm in Turlock and Castlebar. Just turn up and we'll be kicking off sharp at 7. So don't be drifting into 10 past or quarter past 7 because I'll, I'll, be, I'll be starting at 7 o'clock. Bang on. So we have an action-packed night that night. Um, what else is coming you up? You were saying yeah. that you were, you were starting gardening lessons We've well. started gardening classes um, for, for customers in particular over the last month and they've been hugely successful. We've 87 booked in on Monday wow. night for, for the next series. But I thought, I was just talking to the team in the last few days mm-hmm. and we decided to uh, run them again. So we're going to run uh, from Tuesday the 29th of April. We're going to run a two-week gardening course. So that's so Tuesday week. It's Tuesday week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tuesday week and the following Tuesday, we're going to run a night for our Midwest listeners. So if people want to attend the gardening class, and they're going to be uh, geared for beginners and improvers, so mm-hmm. don't feel intimidated. Right. It's re- We're going to keep it very simple, but it's going to be very much seasonal about what you can be doing in your garden at this time of year. So that's going to run from April 29th and the following Tuesday in Turlock and Castlebar. Now you do need to book for that and you can ring this number. I'm going to give the number, but don't just run to the phone now. You can ring the number all day long. Right. Uh, so don't don't move don't away panic. from the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can leave it till <laughs> after 10. Exactly. So the number is 0949031435. So if you ring that, if you're interested in learning a little bit about gardening or you want some hints and tips, um, it'll be kind of a formal classroom setting with slides and practical demos. People are it's great because people can ask questions and generally when somebody asks a question, everybody has the same question. Of course. Do you know? Yeah, so, so it's great. It gets that interaction going. So that that's a, a, a free gardening classes, okay. night classes uh, starting April 29th for the Midwest listeners in particular. I'm going to confine it to them and uh, that's going to run just over two weeks. Excellent. So ring that number 0949031435. That number always gets 
clogged up, you know, people start ringing straight away, even though I have five or six people ask, right. answering the call. So feel free to ring that. There's no panic okay, with if that. Okay, if you don't get through straight away. We will away, fit you in. Yeah, we'll we will fit you come in. back to us later in the day yeah. and, so there, and something will be sorted. So there's, uh, I hope people can remember all okay, of that. Okay, that's a lot. Oh my goodness, when down. I said you were busy, you weren't, I didn't uh, expect to be quite that uh, busy. But anyway, it's all, it's all good, as the fellow says. It's that time of year, isn't And it? you've brought in a bit of colour and some greenery this plants, morning. Yeah. And uh, my well, wife actually brought home the, some flowers yesterday They're and I was, very I was admiring pretty. them. These are, and uh, this is a plant called stock, Brompton stock. And the lovely thing about stock is that it's got a fantastic scent. Okay, you'll have to have a little sniff of this now. So she went back into Castlebar again to buy me that bunch of flowers to be able to bring into you. Oh. And they're fantastic. But they Beautiful are absolutely scent. gorgeous. There's a lovely, yeah. lovely, sweet absolutely scent gorgeous. of stock. And the reason I, I mention them is that this is the time of year to sow night scented stock. And is it it's, difficult to grow? It's simple. You sow it from seed. Right. A packet of seed will cost you two forty nine, and there's two. There's 1,300 seeds in the pack. So the night scented stock is, as the name suggests, the scent is fantastic at night time and evening time. Right. So if you've got an area, say, around your patio or around your barbecue area or somewhere in the garden or around a pathway that you walk up during the evening time or close to a windowsill, somewhere where you can get the scent in the evening time, the night scented stock is a lovely plant to sow from seed or it's available in plants at this time of year as well. It's relatively low growing. It'll mm-hmm. grow about a foot, maybe 18 inches in height. Comes into flower. If you sow it at this time of year, it'll be in flower about the middle of June and it'll flower through till November. So it's flowers right through the whole summer long. But the interesting thing, it's got lovely kind of mauve, uh, purpley mauve flowers during the, the summer period. Oh, right. And it's a hardy annual, which means you can literally chuck the seed on the ground and it grows. Uh, so all you do is sprinkle it on the ground, rake it in. Within about a month, it'll have germinated. By June, it'll be in flower. And it gives that lovely scent then from uh, kind of shades of pinks and purples and whites from the middle of June right through to November. So I thought it's a nice, it's a nice, easy to grow plant. Um, it's the time of year to actually sow it out directly out of doors. Or you can grow it in pots mm-hmm. and plant it out later. But it's that sort of a very, very easy plant. Chuck it on the ground and it just it's grows. Good. So that's night-scented stock. Look for it in garden centres at the moment. It'll be in the seed packs, but it's also available as a plant, as plant. this time of the year. Because the, one the ones that are in studio this morning, um, they're kind of, they're a very creamy white variety. Yeah. Um, and they're working... Rather beautifully, it has to be said, with some pink roses. <laughs> they are indeed. It's they in are. a bouquet. Yeah, a um, and but, but it's so scent. it's very simple, but so pretty. And there's a lovely there and is a such an easy easy plant to grow. So that's night scented stock. Sow the seed or buy the plants this time of year. The other plant I brought in, which again I haven't seen around for quite a while, mm. but your mamma love this plant. So I'm going to give you this plant. Oh when, wow! When we finish, be delighted with that. <laughs> so this is a plant called Latreus latifolia. Okay, pink that pearl. sounds very... Okay. Yeah, pink pearl. Pink pearl. But it, it, the common name for it is everlasting sweet, sweet pea. pea. And so we generally associate sweet pea with an annual which grows in the summer, dies in the winter, and you have to kind of replant it every year. This is an unusual variety in that it, it comes every year. It's a perennial. So once you plant it into the garden, you've got sweet peas in your garden forevermore. So it's the everlasting sweet pea or perennial sweet pea. It's a climbing plant. It's a lovely plant which flowers for, again from about the end of June through to November. Right. It makes fantastic cut flowers. But the nice thing about it is that you'll have it once planted like, like a clematis or like a climbing rose. Once you plant this everlasting sweet pea you'll have it year after year and it gets stronger every year. 
Okay, because I know there'll be a load of questions now <laughs> with this when I go. Um, so uh, what kind of care then does it require? It's, it'll grow in our ordinary garden soil. What I would do is when, when you're planting it, add some compost or enrich the soil well with some organic matter. Put in maybe a handful of Seamongous fertiliser just to enrich it because climbers, by, just by default, they have to grow from, that plant is only about a foot high mm. now, or 18 inches high. That'll grow six feet this year. So to do that, it needs a good root base. Right, and so you need to stake it? It, w- it needs support. It has got t- tendrils like all like many climbing plants so it's got little tendrils that'll wrap on to a support so you'll need a little bit of wire or a little bit of trellis or something like that for it to clamber up through or if you've got an existing shrub in the garden and you just want to add a bit of colour through it it would use the shrub for support or a tree say if you get a silver birch and you want to maybe cover it up then plant the perennial sweet pea at the base of the plant and it'll scramble up through it it'll use the actual shrub or tree for support or if you had an existing climber say it's something like pyracantha or cotoneaster and you want to add a bit of summer colour to Mm -hmm. those then the perennial sweet pea would be lovely to plant at the base of that and again allow it to scramble through the cotoneaster and it will use the cotoneaster for support. So it's 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 a, it's an old cottage garden plant actually mm-hmm. the perennial sweet pea. Um, this particular variety, pink pearl, has really rich pink flowers, very good as a cut flower. But um, you don't see it that often. So when I, when I saw it coming into the garden, I said right, that's one that's one that for would... for Deirdre. <laughs> For Deirdre's man, because for Deirdre's it is. Mom, yeah, let's let's make sure we clarify that. I don't think in Deirdre's hands, good and all, oh, no, as the efforts might be, it, it's mightn't, extremely, it mightn't be that successful. It's extremely easy to grow. It really is. Yeah. Once you prepare the soil well, keep it well washed during the summer, it's actually a very very easy climbing plant to grow. It'll die back at the end of the year, and you just cut it above soil level, and next spring Off it just reemerges again. again, stronger and better again. So, but it's just that it's it's not you don't get it available. Very often. Very often. So now it's available in garden centres. So that's, look for that. That's perennial sweet pea, one called pink pearl. And would that variety. be good if you, you know, sometimes we get questions about like archways and things yeah. like that. It would be a, a good climber for, for those kind of situations. If you wanted to cover, say, an old oil tank, you want to cover an old piece of trellis, cover an old shrub in the garden. It's that sort of a plant. It can be mixed with other climbers as well. So you could mix it with clematis or honey. So honeysuckle mm. would be lovely or mm. rambling roses to mix it with because it's got that old cottage garden feel which sweet pea has. Mm. And with any sweet pea, the more you take the flowers off it and bring it indoors the more flowers it produces so the, the more trim more cutting of the flowers the more flowers it produces right through the summer so that's perennial sweet pea uh, it's available now for planting if you plant it now it should flower this year <clears throat> and you can see there's a, a picture there of the of the actual flowers on it and they're very pretty the other, um, the other plant I brought you <clears throat> for scent is, is a, a plant called the lemon scented geranium again oh. a sort of plant that comes in at that oh that's really lemony isn't it a nice lovely citrusy yeah. smell yeah and Again, anything with lemon with that citrus smell. Very fresh. Isn't it a fantastic, Mm. lovely... Um, I don't know how you it's like that it's that kind of uh, it's like lemon, lemon or something jiffy s- smell beautiful s- scented plant that's the the uh, lemon scented geranium but a great plant for keeping flies off around the house oh so for your windows because we, we were talking about was it the mint that I we were talking the mint, about the last yeah, time yeah I mentioned the mint the, the um, eau de cologne eau de mint, cologne mint yeah. which, which also has that kind of a very fresh scent but this is uh, in the geranium family it's very, a pelargonium and it's lovely, even if you put that into a conservatory or a warm windowsill, you get the scent, that lovely lime or lemon scent. Uh, and does it flower? It has a flower, but it's not grown for its flower. Right. I, and I would actually, I wouldn't allow it to flower, to be honest, because I'd c- encourage the plant to keep producing plenty of leaf colour. 
uh, because you, it's really grown, grown for its Quite leaf deep. scent. Right. It's got a purpley type of flower, but it's insignificant really. It's really a plant that's grown on a windowsill to keep flies and bugs and midges out of the house. <laughs> and how do we prevent it from going into flower then? Just take the flowers off. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it couldn't be any simpler, that one. So, yeah, you just take, when you see the little flower, no, you can allow it to flower and it yes, won't take from wish, the plant. Yes. But but it, it's it's not going to be, the typical geraniums, of course, are grown for the lovely flowers, whereas this is actually grown for its lemon-scented foliage and particularly yeah, good it, again. I have to say, it is Isn't it absolutely, lovely? it's really lovely. When you, when you, and, and particularly on a warm, it, sunny windowsill, that, th- those oils yeah. actually excrete themselves. So you actually get the scent without even touching the plant. Yeah, because even when I touch the leaf, now I can really smell it off my hands and everything. Yeah, it's lovely. There's, there's, a, there's another good one. So, and, so and we have, I, well, is I brought that a poppy oh, of some kind? No, no, this is, again, just keeping it on the cottage garden theme. This is the... Um, this is phlox, perennial phlox. Oh, right. So, again, again, a good old cottage garden plant. Um, this is one called Mrs. Popper, which, again, is a lovely... Uh, pink flower, kind of very deep centre and, and kind of p- light pink edge. But phlox, again, is a really n- good plant for um, cottage garden. But remember, I'll be covering all cottage garden plants next mm. Wednesday night, yeah. 7 to 9, in Turlock and Castle Bar. Just turn up and I'll, I'll be talking. I'll be talking about the, the, the... I'll show you that actual plant That's in flower, the everlasting sweet pea. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, so Porik. Um, and I think we have quite a volume of questions in. So we'll do the break first and then we're going Perfect. to come to those and if people do have uh, something for Porik uh, this morning well it's very simple you can text us on 87 uh, that text number of course with thanks to CNC Cellular where switching your landlines to Vodafone is easy or you can call us either it's uh, Teresa taking calls this morning on 0818 3055 we're back in a few moments <laughs> Now, you're very welcome back. There is a huge uh, list of questions as there always, all together. For okay, here is somebody now. Uh, we'll, there's one or two lawn questions. Um, I'll try and kind of bunch these yep, together as much perfect. as I can so that we're not uh, kind of repeating ourselves. So a listener has applied Osmo pellets and fertiliser about a month ago. Now, the moss is gone. There's still a lot of weeds, though. Good morning, yeah. Anthony. The, well, and that's, what that, do we do there? Well, remember, remember, what is Osmo? Osmo moss remover is exactly what it says in the tin. It kills moss. It feeds the lawn. And in this case, it's, I, I would guess that the, the, oh, he says that the, the moss is gone. The grass is nice and green now at this stage, but also the fertilizer brings on the weeds, which is not a bad thing because now is the time to actually treat the weeds. The weeds are lovely and soft okay. after responding to the osmo. So things like dandelions and daisies and clover will be coming to the fore after the osmo feed. So now is the time to apply daisy and dandelion uh, lawn treatment mm-hmm. which will kill those off so so the Osmo has actually got the weeds nice and soft and supple and very vulnerable to using either dicoflower or daisy and dandelion treatments and actually this weather in particular is a very good, good time if you are doing weed control in the garden the sort of dry calm weather you get a very very good effective um, kill. kill and also the weeds are beginning to grow but they're not you know they're not producing seed just yet you're actually nipping them in the bud right. so I would. Ex- that's exactly what you would expect. The, the moss is gone. The lawn is nice and green. The weeds are responding to the Osmo fertilizer, so they're nice and vulnerable now. So that listener needs to get out this weekend and treat those weeds 
and they'll be dead within three or four days. Okay, because I notice an absolute abundance of dandelions at the minute. Have to be very careful about the dandelions now because all the bee lovers oh, right. and my friends in Westport will be listening. So the dandelions have to be left alone because oh. it's a very important crop for bees at this time of year. Okay, so. I just I just noticed a lot of them around lately. <laughs> they are. Well, they're beginning but to again, flower at the moment. Yeah. So, you know, they're responding they're, to the good weather, as, you know, as all weeds are beginning to come to the fore. Right, we're going to stay with the lawns here for a second. Uh, another listener would like to know... <clears throat> Do they spread moss, the moss killer first or the after-cut fertiliser first? Well, after-cut after is, is a product made by Westland which has um, a moss killer in it. It's got a feed and it's got a weed control all in the one application. Now, the only thing with it, what you will find using after-cut is that the moss control will turn the moss black because there's sulphur of iron in it. Yeah, okay. um, so, it depends on the level of moss. If the moss is very heavy, then I would advise using some lawn moss control first and then apply the aftercut. Uh, if it's only light specks of, of moss, then put the aftercut on on its own. Daylight today would be ideal, actually, to get it on. Nice evening application, and it'll start to work within a couple of days. Now, another listener says, with the good weather, yes. they're wondering, can they sow a new lawn now, and how do you do that? Yeah, and, and I, I think I said at the top of the programme that sowing of seeds, all seeds, be it vegetables, flowers, uh, lawn seed, whatever, this is absolutely perfect weather for it. So the key thing with sowing a l- l- few lawns, the key steps are... For First of all, get rid of any existing weed vegetation. So if there's existing grass, existing weeds, treat that area with a product called Weed Free 360. That will kill the weeds that are there without damaging the soil. A week later, you till the soil, you, you break it up, you, you open up the soil, you rake it down and you take off any stones and any debris that might be there and you firm the soil down nice and firm. At that stage, you put in a preceding lawn fertiliser. That's important. So get yourself a bag of preceding lawn fertiliser and put that on and then put in your lawn seed. Use a mix, something like uh, green velvet, which is a mixture of different creeping grasses in particular, fine grasses, but creeping grasses. So it's hard wearing, but it's not a very vigorous grass. So right. it gives an, a nice, um, easy to maintain I suppose lawn and that's it the lawn will start to germinate in about a two week period and you should have got yourself a really good lawn by June or July of this year you mow the grass as soon as it's about two inches high that's important and I would normally recommend putting a roller on the lawn after it germinates so on the lawn when this grass is about inch and a half high coming up to two inches that's the time to roll it and then you mow it and it's important to take the grass clippings because grass grows like the branch of a tree. Until you cut the top off it, it doesn't start to fill out and, and fill in. Okay. So it's important to actually, as soon as it's cut a bell, when it's about two inches high, get the more out and actually nip the top off it. Right. But a super time to put in a new lawn. Excellent. Um, okay, I think that, that, that could be... It's also a good time, actually, for reseeding. If you've got, say, bare, bare patches, patches, you know, and, and many listeners have yeah. something like the Patch Magic or the Green Velvet mis- mixed with a bit of compost and, and chucked into the area, that will germinate in a two-week period as well. Okay. So it's, the sort of temperatures we have are ideal for general sowing, patching, that sort of thing. We control, in particular, if you've got roses in the garden and you haven't treated them mm. for the rose treatment, this is the sort of weather because the bugs are going to start now as well. The green fly are going to respond to this good weather. So it's keeping a, getting a head start and using the dry weather to get those treatments on. So something like Rose Rescue or Rose Clear should be applied now. Even though you're not seeing any bugs, you're just preventing the problem 
downstream. downstream and right. you're making use of the good weather that we're getting and also feeding when you, you know, it's a good time if you haven't fed your plants, get the fertilisers on as well as okay. well at this time of year. And if you are putting the likes of Patch Magic or you're yeah. doing the green velvet, um, because we have had such dry weather. <laughs> you're very <I> optimistic. <laughs> I like this. Well, I am. Yes, indeed, always. Um, but if it doesn't, if we don't get uh, any decent moisture, say, for the next two weeks, should one put a bit of water? Should there be a... One should. Right. No, I mean, I wouldn't worry in the next week, seven to ten days. The dew at night time mm. is quite good. And, you know, so that's helping. But it, it, certainly if we got a sustained dry period, um, you know, over say in ten days' time, if we had a no significant rain, yeah. then yes, you need to get out and irrigate. You will have to irrigate because okay. uh, the seeds are going to need that. Yeah, they won't germinate otherwise. No, no, they won't, no. Okay, yeah. I, I know I'm being optimistic oh, and I'm sure I like you that. won't have to I like your thinking. I like your thinking. That. If that's all we have to worry about, <laughs> yeah. I'll be delighted. Things will be good. <laughs> yeah. um, right. Now, plum trees, Porek, with yes. white flowers. Um, what can a listener do? Nula, good morning to you. What can Nula do to stop the flowers falling off? <laughs> well, very little, to be honest. Well, is that, not, is that part, part of the process? Of course it yeah. is. Yeah, plums are in we flower. Want, we want some fruit. We want some fruit, exactly. And and what you need and what we're getting, I saw the honeybees actually out yesterday. So at this time of year, the bees are actually visiting the plum trees, and they're you know they're they're visiting any they're visiting the dandelions. They and are. The, they're visiting. The I saw the myself. And, yeah, and all that. So they're the bees are actually doing their work now. And what Nula actually wants is the flowers to to drop off okay. in another week's time because that's a sign that the the fruit are beginning to set. Great. And plums do flower early; they're in full flower at the moment. So and it's great the the yeah, weather is coinciding so well so you should get a very very good crop of, of plums I would f- actually feed them now put a bit of fertiliser on them something like the sudden impact a high potash feed on plum trees now prepare them for the season uh, the other thing I've noticed actually apple trees looking at the apples yesterday mm-hmm. they're, in a, they're at the stage now of pink bud so the flowers haven't opened but the pink you can see the actual pink flowers beginning to form and this is the time of year to actually give them a light treatment of something like rose clear or rose rescue because you're the bees aren't visiting the flowers just yet and but by putting the treatment on you're preventing pests and disease diseases later on because as apples come into flower at the end of April early May you cannot treat them or you shouldn't treat them because the bees are pollinating the flowers so if you want to get a head start if you're doing a little bit of say spraying your roses for the bugs if you've got apple trees in the garden give them a, a treatment as well or gooseberries or black currants or red currants any of those will actually benefit at this time of year and particularly with this dry weather with an application of rose clear because you're preventing the bugs and the pests later on in the summer okay and a listener does have a question regarding apple trees uh, while you're on the subject they've cut back their apple trees hard to remove had to remove canker i think okay, or yeah. they cut them hard sorry to remove canker i'm not just reading uh, the intonation correctly apologies um, they've left 4 inch cuts now do they need to treat these or leave them alone and what food is good for fruit trees? Right, well first of all yes you should you should anything over kind of two inches you should uh, seal up so there's an actual treatment called uh, prune or heat heal and seal Heal and seal, which is a, an actual application that you put on any tree that you cut that's over two inches wide. And apple trees would be ideal for this. So it's simply you just dab it onto the actual cut surface. It seals the wound. There's a fungicide in it as well, which will prevent any diseases because that's exactly what canker is. It's a bacterial canker or bacterial fu- fungus that enters the plant and causes that scaly type of growth. So the listener has done exactly the right thing. You prune it out and then you seal it. Um, so seal them up and put a, put a high potash feed so again, something like the sudden impact or a good tree and shrub fertiliser applied to the fruit trees at this time of year would be ideal. Great. Is it too late to move shrubs? 
It is really, ah, yeah, the growth has started. So now, unless they're, say, if you've got them in pots, say you have a, a hydrangea in a pot or a forest flame in a pot and you want to plant in the garden, then that's no problem whatsoever. But plants have actually kicked into growth and uh, I wouldn't be digging them up and moving them around the place. Right. Leave that till yeah. next November. Yeah. Um, now, a listener has, is doing up their hanging baskets Great. this weekend. Yeah. So they're wondering how many plants should they use? What compost food is good for baskets? And did you say that we can use strawberries? Well, we mentioned that yes. last week, I think, that you can, if, if you're doing up your hanging basket and you want just to put in a bit of novel fruit, you can stick in a, a, a couple of strawberry plants as well. They'll grow quite happily between the flowers, the trailing petunias and so on. Or you can even just do a basket of, of uh, strawberries if you mm-hmm. wish. Uh, but hanging baskets, depends on the size of the basket. I would always advise don't go anything smaller than a 14 inch basket anything smaller than that is just it'll break your heart trying to keep it watered and within that you'd put about a dozen plants a dozen to maybe 15 plants so cramming the plants well because the more competition the plants have the better they flower so the less room they, they nearly have the more in competition they are for water and, and nutrition the better the flower you get it's a great time to plant them up the compost I would use would be tub and basket and I'd enrich it with a little bit of slow release fertiliser so you get yourself about a handful of slow release fertiliser mix that through the compost put it into the hanging basket and then bang in your plants pinch bank all the plants as well. So if you're planting up training petunias, mm-hmm. pinch out the end shoots and we'll show you how to do that. If you come along Wednesday night uh, in Turlock, 7 to 9 p.m., Peter will be showing people how to do hanging baskets and wind boxes. So we'll just show you how to pinch them back, the sort of plants to use, the type of compost and some tips on feeding and watering and kind of maintaining the baskets. But it's a great time to actually start planting them up. Great. Um, because if you do, I suppose, if you do things correctly at the start, you're really going to maximise the length that, that your plants are going yeah, to flower. And it's amazing, you know, a couple of key tips. You often see the, some tubs, you know, hanging baskets flowering around pubs and where they're absolutely overflowing mm-hmm. right. with, yes. with colour. And that's down to a couple of key, key. Just tips that we'll reveal on Wednesday night from 7 to 9. Very good. <laughs> in Turlock. Now, a listener has um, a flower bed, Porik, with lots of moss. They'd rather not dig the flower bed because they've got lots of nasturtiums oh, coming great. through. So how do they tackle that problem? Well, I wouldn't do with anything. I would just leave it alone because okay. the, the nasturtiums they- are going to cover that entire bed. They're going to spread across the bed and cover the moss and the moss will die out over the summer period. So as long as the nasturtiums are actually covering most of the bed, then leave well enough alone. Don't worry about the moss. Nasturtiums within three to four weeks will actually have covered the entire soil area and will come into flower in June. So sit back and relax. Okay, There's nothing that needs to be done there. If there are a few bare patches, then plant a few extra nasturtium seed or a few nasturtium plants that are available at the moment. But apart from that, just leave it alone. Now, we've got a couple of raised bed questions. Um, One relates to flowers and the other relates to vegetables. So, first of all, um, a listener is wondering what can they add to their raised flower bed to flower now? And is there anything that will flower every year? They'd like something to cover the soil if possible. Okay, well, there's lots of plants available. Um, I'm thinking in particular a lot of the perennial uh, alpine plants or rockery plants. So, there's a lovely plant called Helianthemum sun rose, which is a a summer flowering plant that comes into flower in the middle of May and will flower right through till August, Helianthemum. It only grows about six or eight inches in height but will grow three feet in diameter. Mm-hmm. So it's lovely for a raised bed it'll nearly cascade over. Aubretia's in flower at the moment which is quite nice and flowers every year. Campanula, lovely blue flowering creeping plant, um, really, really good. I was talking about the phlox earlier on. Yes. It's got a, a cousin, a first cousin called Daniel's Cushion which only grows four or five inches in height but spreads 
yards up to three feet in diameter. So the listeners should go and visit their local garden centre, look at the Alpine Rockery range. Generally when you're planting them in a raised bed, plant them in groups of threes of five of the same plant. So you're spacing them about a foot apart, maybe 15 inches apart, and those three plants form one large cluster and give a very kind of uniformed effect. And many of the plants I mentioned will actually trail over the edge of the uh, raised bed right. and come down the side of it as well, creating that kind of very nice rockery uh, type effect. Thing. Yeah. And the key thing is to pick plants that will flower now, but more importantly, will flower through the summer. So pick a range of different varieties that are going to give you colour from now to late summer. Uh, did you touch on a blue flower there? Well, there's a couple of blue ones. Um, uh, quite a nice one that's just flowering at the moment is Aubrecia. It's a purpley blue colour. Blue Campanula is a really nice plant. It's just coming into flower now and will flower the, the whole summer long. Another great plant is a plant called Lithiodoria, Heavenly Blue. Oh, that Heavenly sounds Blue, isn't that fantastic? Yes, it it's a real rich navy blue colour just coming into flower at the moment and again will flower for most, most of the so- summer so that's Lithiodoria you'll see it in garden centres and remember the word heavenly blue mm. so it's a low growing plant it'll spread up to three feet in diameter it gr- grows like a small shrub but really brilliant uh, s- they're not even sky blue they're navy blue flowers yes. from now till the end of the yes. summer really okay. nice plants so there's a whole range of different uh, alpine perennial plants that mm. flower every year if planted now but do plant them in clusters of the same variety in clusters of threes. Okay so somebody else had had a question there regarding a rockaway garden and they were looking for some blue flowers so they're all options. They're all and they're that. all good and they're all available this time of year and there are there are plenty others there's a lovely plant called salvia blue sensation which again is just coming into flower and again flowers people will know the red salvia that is grown as a bedding plant well salvia blue sensation is a perennial form of that but it's got vivid blue flowers again it only grows about maybe a foot in height uh, forms a lovely clump and flowers from certainly the early May right through till late summer so look for those so there's lots of those sort of plants available and a great time for planting them Okay, one more question and we're going to take another break then. I just want to stay with the raised beds for a second. We've done the flowers. Uh, somebody with uh, who'd like to have reg- vegetable-based raised beds. Right, okay. um, compost, what food do they need um, to add before they start and is it okay to plant now? Oh yeah, well, well first of all, now in, it's an excellent time to plant. The the soil within the raised bed will, all, will already have dried out. You do need to enrich it, so add some uh, good quality compost and mix something like the Seamungus fertiliser through that. Mix that into the top four to six inches of of the raised bed. So till it up, add some fresh compost, add in the Seamungus fertiliser, rake it in well, and then you're good to go. You're good to plant. And there's lots of plants available at the moment, you know, all from all the French beans, peas, uh, lettuces, all the cabbage varieties are all available at the moment. And it's also a great time to sow seed. All the herbs can be planted in raised beds at this time of year. Onions, shallots, garlic, there, all those plants are available for planting. So it's an excellent time for getting them out into the garden now. So always plant some seed and some plants at the same time so you get that continuous cropping. And you could stick a couple of strawberry plants in there as well. Anything so, like that. Lots so of a lot. really good time to plant. But do enrich the soil. Okay, great stuff. We're going to take a quick break again. Back in a few moments. You're very welcome back. Park, we were talking about the everlasting sweet pea and somebody had texted in to say that they have two everlasting sweet peas in their garden and they're just fab. There so, you go. There uh, you can't, get, that, that, you can't beat the, co- the customer's recommendation. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks indeed. And they are. And they're so easy they, to grow. They're well, so easy to grow. Ticks a lot of boxes. So, okay, um, coming back here now to some of the questions. Chinese lantern plants, are they available now? They are and they're actually just coming into flower at the moment and most spring flowering plants, I think we were chatting last week that magnolias and camellias and the rhododendrons 
rhododendrons, for example, are f- just beginning to flower lovely at the moment. But Chinese lantern is a beautiful plant. It reminds me of a, a fuchsia flower. The flowers actually hang oh, down. Oh, little bell type yeah, flowers. Yeah, kind of like a little lantern. Um, it's an evergreen shrub. Mm. Very, very easy to grow. And um, just coming into flower at the moment. And they are actually available in garden centres at the moment. And a really good time to plant them. Right. Makes a shrub maybe five, six feet in height in time. Retains its leaf, really dark leaf. But the flowers are fab this time of year. Lovely, yeah. lovely plants. And so are they as easy to grow as a fuchsia? I have a fuchsia that grows. Ah, you know, <laughs> well, the, the crinodendron or the Chinese lantern likes a mm. slightly acid soil. So when you are planting it, put down a little bit of um, lime-free compost. But apart from that, it's a very easy plant to grow. It makes a really nice plant. And unlike the fuchsia, it retains the foliage in wintertime. So right. it gives you a little bit of colour. And doesn't die back. I mean, it literally holds all its leaves. But lovely, lovely plant in flower. Now, here, here is a really nice question. Sorry, I know I'm cutting across you there. Um, want a listener would like a small white flowering tree for my garden to flower in April every year as a remembrance for a special person. Any ideas? Okay, well, yeah. well, what's in flower at the moment? So there's a couple of really nice white trees. There's a lovely uh, cherry called Prunus Charité, or it's a flat-topped cherry. And what, what, the way it grows and the way it gets its name, it literally grows up and then out. So the flowers actually hang underneath the the branches. So if you're walking under it, you're actually looking at the flower. The flowers oh, are facing lovely. you down. Beautiful tree. Prunus charité. Very, very easy tree to grow. It's a relatively small tree. It'll grow about 15 feet in height, maybe 12, 15 feet in height. But So it's got that nice central stem and this kind of flat-topped uh, branch structure mm. where the flowers hang under the, the actual tree. So really nice. That's, so that's a plant called Prunus charité or the flat-topped char- cherry. There's another nice tree called Amelanchier or snowy mesplus, the snowy mesplus. So you can imagine the name even tells you mm. that it's absolutely covered in white flowers. Whereas the charité would have relatively large flowers, the, the first one I mentioned. Snowy mesplus has smaller flowers, but hundreds and hundreds of flowers. And that's just coming into flower at the moment. Um, really nice tree. The, the young leaves are kind of a bronzy colour and then you get the white flowers coming on. So that's just coming into flower at the moment. And there's another nice cherry called Prunus taihaku, which again has, it's a more upright variety, but brilliant white flowers as well. So there's there's three, three really great trees that will always flower in April and they flower up to kind of the middle part of May, you know, the first, second week of May. Okay. Um, somebody's wondering, are blueberries hard to grow and would you have any special advice on them? Yeah, well, no, the blueberries are, are relatively easy to grow. First of all, it's, a, it's um, a super time to put them into the garden. They're, they're going to be coming into flower very shortly. Um, the, the, the trick with blueberries is that they're a long-lasting plant. So once you plant them in the garden, you, a bit like rhubarb or like blackcurrants, you have them for 30, 40 years. Um, they do like a slightly acid soil. So planting, or when you're planting them, you use plenty of organic matter Yard manure, farmer manure would be ideal because it's acidic in its nature. Pine needles would be good to put around them. And you can always feed them at this time of year with a special lime-free feed. But apart from that, they're actually trouble-free. They're not, you know, some apples and pears and you always get a little bit of scab Mm. or a little bit of mildew or whatever. But blueberries are one of those plants that don't suffer from pests and diseases. They fruit over a very long period. But when planting in the garden, you do need about five or six plants to give you anything worthwhile. Because they fruit, they don't just fruit like strawberries all once they tend to fruit over you're picking them for maybe a six week or a seven week period so to get a nice bowl of blueberries you need to be able to pick up four or five different plants so when you're planting them put five or six plants in at the one time Um, they'll come into fruiting generally the year after planting and once they start then you have them every year it's not too much pruning that has to be done with them. They're relatively small. I mean, they'll only grow about three feet, four feet in height. Okay. Similar sort of spread. Uh, but yeah, dead easy to grow and a good time to 
together into the soil. Might be a nice one for children as well because they're not too big and exactly. then children and then will be able to pick and, them and, and eat yeah. them from the bush. Yeah, and they are uh, lovely, delicious. Malice tree, yeah. very little shoots. Uh, is there anything I can put on to improve this? What's a malice tree? Malice is the crab apple. Um, oh. So apples are, are malice. Malice is the kind of genus of, of anything in the apple family. Um, but the malice, the, the malice, I'd say the listener is talking about is are the ornamental trees. So you have varieties like Golden Hornet or John Downey. They're going for their flowers and their fruit. They produce nice small crab apples in the autumn time. Uh, but come into flower generally in May. Now, at this stage, the leaves should be about an inch in diameter. Uh, you should be seeing the first signs of some flower buds beginning to appear. Um, do remember that the growth has been slow. I mean, up to last week, I was saying that, you know, how things are were, were held back. It's really only the last week we've seen that flush of growth. Mm. So what you do need to do is give the plant a good feed, put on a little bit of the Pro 6 or a good tree and shrub fertilizer that'll help to push it on. You could also just trim it back a little bit, just shorten back the top shoots because that helps to initiate growth as well. So maybe take a foot off the top of the tree all round, give it a good dressing of fertiliser, repeat that fertiliser again in the middle of May and that's all that the malice should need. Is it too late to prune roses? Well... (laughs) We've been talking about roses we have, for, yeah, for six weeks. We, I've been we, telling we, you to be pruning them. But look at if you haven't pruned them, get out and prune them. Don't yes. don't leave a rose bush unpruned and thinking that it's too late. You're better to cut it back. It may it may mean that it may not flower as early as it normally does, but you'll end up with a far nicer plant. Um, so go out and literally cut it back to six or eight inches from ground level. I know there's going to be growth at the top of the plant. People get a bit worried about that, that they're actually cutting it back and mm. it's already come into growth. Don't worry about that. It will come back into flower, guaranteed, by the end of June, early July. And what you may lose in the first, you know, the first week or two of, of early flowering, you're going to gain at the latter part of the, of the autumn. So go out, cut it back. And as I always say, when you prune, you feed, feed. at the same time. Okay, but do it today. Do it today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when yeah. is a good time to... What's a, an Olaria hedge? What's an Olaria hedge? Olaria is actually a great seaside hedge. It's ah. one of... It's, and, and many listeners would have known the Olaria. Pe- people that live in Balmullet and Ackle and down around Black Sod know Olaria because it's one of those plants that grow so well at the seed. It's got rubbery type leaves. Very, very easy hedge to grow. Um, go on, ask okay. me the question. Okay, uh, th- I'm guessing this one might be near the sea, so because this one has gone out of control. Right. It's 12 foot high. Okay. How much should they cut it back? Well, you can prune all area back to whatever height you want. So if you want to reduce it back to eight feet, then do that. And now it would be actually a good time to prune it back. Mm-hmm. So literally take the loppers out, shorten the, the head back from 12 to eight feet or to six feet if you wish. Trim the sides. Now it's going to look a bit raggedy, a, l- a little bit uh, bare looking. Uh, for the first couple of weeks but uh, give it a feed and it will be back into full growth by the middle of May. So no problem at all cutting all area back. Now, somebody has a box or a boxes plant in a large container. The bottom leaves are all yellow. What should they do with well, it? Well, yellowing on boxwood can be can be two things. And but the fact that it's in a in a pot or in a container would lead me to think that it's a little bit hungry, and it may have outgrown its its uh, pot, and you may need to move it on into, into out into a larger pot or out into the garden soil. The other, the other thing that boxwoods are actually suffering from a little bit is boxwood blight, which is yellowing of the foliage, particularly on the younger growth. Now, the listener says this is on the older growth, which, which would lend me to think it's, it's nutritional problems rather than a disease problem. Having said that, you can actually get boxwood treatment, which is a feed 
and a fungicide all in the one treatment. So look for that in your local garden okay. centre. Any listener that has boxwood, I would advise actually them to use some of this product. So it's um, it's bo- a boxwood treatment. You mix it up in water, you apply it to the actual foliage and to the root of the boxwood plant. Uh, and many listeners grow the boxwood in containers, you know, them nicely shaped. Yes. So get yourself a little tub of that. That will feed the boxwood. It'll give it a lovely green colour. And if, the, if by chance you may have a little bit of boxwood blight on the foliage, it will correct that as well. Great. So that's boxwood treatment. Box- little tub, you simply mix it up in water, apply it onto the boxwood and within two weeks, three weeks, your boxwood should be back looking fantastic. As good as ever. Uh, a listener, Margaret, good morning, has set heather every year, but it never grows for her. She lives near the sea. Would that well, be a the problem? Sea, the sea is going to have a certain, in terms of the um, the wind aspect, but there are, heathers are kind of broken up into two different types. You've got the winter flowering varieties, mm-hmm. which flower from September through, they're actually still in bloom. They flower for about seven months of the year. I think they're one of the most uh, best value plants you can actually put in your garden. The winter flowering varieties will grow in any garden soil, so they'll grow in bog, they'll grow in uh, alkaline or acidic soil. And they're probably the ones that the listener should should try. Um, good time to plant them at this time of year. They're still in flower, so you'll still get a bit of colour from them. Um, and they do very well in seaside areas. The summer flowering varieties, the colunas or ling heather, need acid soil. They need a lime-free soil and so will not tolerate lime and they may be the varieties that the listener has. So stick to the what we call the winter-spring varieties, the Erica heathers. Plant them at this time of year. They've got the whole rest of the season to do their growing and settling in, and they should do very well in seaside areas. Final question for you for this morning, Porik. Uh, my spuds are Duke of York's. Great. They're in pots and stems are eight inches high. Oh, fantastic. Looking really good. Can I put them outside now, and do they need plant food? Well, they certainly need plant food to give them a good liquid feed if they're in pots. Um, use the liquid one would be very good on, on uh, potatoes this time of year. The, the, the key thing with, with potatoes is to watch for frost. So, you know, with this high pressure in, it, one of the features are we can get frost at night time. So as long as you protect the uh, Duke of York, I would be inclined to leave them still in the greenhouse of the tunnel for another two weeks and then put them out of doors. Or you can actually grow them in the tunnel for the, until they, you actually, they're ready for cropping if you wish. They'll come on that bit faster. So do watch out for night frosts. If night frosts are promised, you will have to cover the tops of the potatoes, otherwise they'll get knocked back. And very finally, just for the potatoes, I missed this one earlier. Um, somebody is wondering, what's the mix for spraying potatoes? Is it bluestone and washing soda? They're not sure. Well, yeah, you can mix bluestone and, and washing soda. Generally, it's, it's 50 grams of, of bluestone to 60 grams of uh, washing soda and just mix the two together. That'll do about a, a gallon of spray. Now, it's a bit early for spraying blight yet. You, you're not right. going to be spraying for blight until about the end of May, sort of thing, mid, late May. Um, or if the listener's only grown a small amount of potatoes, you can get a, a treatment called Bordeaux mixture, which is very similar to Bluestone mm-hmm. in its in, its its makeup. And uh, that works extremely effective as well. But normally from about the middle of May, if we get humid, wet weather, that's when you need to be worrying about blight. Okay, so advice clinic on this weekend. So today... I'm going to be in the garden centre from 11 to 5 with the team. So if you've got any garden related question or you just want some advice, call in. It's a free day and just drop in anytime between 11 and 5. Next Wednesday, we've got the customer Customer night between 7 and 9 in Turlock. So come along to that. The free gardening classes, they're going to start and the number to ring is 094 
9023135. Ring that number anytime today and we'll book you in. They're starting on Tuesday, the 29th of April, and the following Tuesday, so over a two, two week period. And they are geared for beginners and improvers, people that just want to get back into the garden and, and get some hints and tips. And remember, the Easter farm is on. Sonic. All, all over call Easter. Sonic. Sonic. Cosmo. 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 <laughs> Cosmo, the Egyptian. Sonic, I think Sonic. it was a different hedgehog, Porik. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Cosmo, the Egyptian hedgehog, he's he's down in, in Turlock today with the pygmy goats okay. and the Easter bunnies and all of those. So bring the kids down for the crack. Okay, and get out in the garden. Get out into Easter. the garden, exactly. There's Pork, no excuse. Thanks indeed and happy Easter to you. Stand by. Uh, the news is on the way next with Fiona McGarry and then it's Michael Neary with Country Classics taking you through right through until one o'clock here on Midwest Radio from Meteor to Kelly for the moment. Good morning.